0: Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. So John, I have a public service announcement for today. What's that? If you get a phone call and they say they're from Microsoft or if you get a browser pop-up on your on you while you're on your computer and it tells you to call a number cuz you have spyware, immediately either hang up your phone or like shut off your computer uh, because that is not legit. That's not legit. It is not legit. That is not. So Microsoft calling you? Microsoft does not solicit two hundred and fifty dollars from people over the phone that you know of. They do not. With you know probably what a almost a billion installs worldwide of Windows. Something tells me they're not. Uh, they're not monitoring that. But no, you know all joking aside. Seriously, people, if you get something like that. Don't bite into it. Uh, it it seems like that scam. It's it's like it, you know these things kind of come and go in waves, and it seems like it was big for a while, and then it kind of it kind of went away, and now it's like back again. I've heard several stories in the last week of this exact thing happening to people, uh, and you know it's just you freak out. You know you think, oh my God, I've got a I've got spyware on here. I've got you know something. You know somebody can look at my bank data and everything else. Um, and, and and let's just let's say what everybody's thinking everybody's afraid of getting caught with
1: their porn. That's true. So this is like the ultimate, you know, I've heard that some of these, uh, not the ones that call you, obviously, but, you know, some of the pop-ups that now tell you uh, your computer's in big trouble, it'll pop up like a porn image. That's true, yeah. And
0: it'll, like, stick it to your desktop. Yes. (laughs) And then, you you know, oh, no. Yeah, and then (laughs) you just freak out, you know. But yeah, I mean, and just know if you give people and then, you know, the other thing they do with this thing is they they will ask to have access to your computer to go in and clean the spyware. And I guarantee you, people out there, if you scan your computer for any kind of, you know, spam, malware, whatever, you're going to find it. What Sometimes it's it really innocuous. You know, it's just like, you know, cookies or cookie trackers for legitimate sites. Those things are all going to pop a, a security scan. And, and sometimes they're not they're not malicious. Uh, but you know when somebody comes in and does that to your computer, and they see that they're you know again they're like oh my god you had 47 items that showed up uh, when really there could be zero that are actually harmful or maybe only a couple. Um, but if you give them access to your computer, then you you seriously need to wipe that computer out and just start from scratch because once they're in there, they could put keyloggers and and get all kinds of things. So don't want to alarm people, but just you know scams going around. Little public service announcement from your. Uh, local it's all connected friendly neighborhood podcast yes
1: do not give anyone access to your computer yeah and
0: spread the word you know to your parents and grandparents and stuff like that cuz i mean not to not to be ageist but you know these people prey on the on folks that are elderly that just you know don't know any better and and you know wanna you know want to do the right thing so hey my dad prints out his emails and then shreds them nice so yeah tell your moms and dads yeah um and then a bit of sad news. I I just learned while I was out and about that uh wrestling great Roddy Roddy Piper passed away today.
1: Yeah, that's that is bad news. Um you know, especially not not good time never good timing, right? Of course. Sure. But the Hulk Hogan news yeah. and now Roddy Piper passes and you know, a lot of people our age were big 80s wrestling fans. I'm sure a lot of people out there are big 80s wrestling
0: fans. And it's kind of like a
1: little bit of your childhood dying, you know? Yeah. I mean,
0: I it's funny because I was into wrestling for a few years uh, right after we moved to Houston. So like like right 85, 86, 87, like that era, you know, where, where those guys were really on the rise, uh, you know, when the WWF back then. You know, WrestleMania was kind of gearing up and, you know, Mr. T showed up and all that kind of stuff. And he was just always such a fun character to watch. You know, he was just so over the top and so outrageous and he wore the kilt and, uh, you know, all that craziness. And then he kind of went away for a while and then came back in that crazy uh, John Carpenter cult movie, They Live, which I love. Uh, it's, it's you know, guilty pleasure movie. Absolutely.
1: And, um I would like to also add that he was currently doing a really kick-ass podcast, uh, Roddy Piper. He was on that, um, is it Radio 1 or uh, a lot of wrestlers? You know, Steve Austin has a big one, and, and uh, I think Taz has a big one. And I think they're all kind of like under the same umbrella, and his was really good. He gave some good like behind-the-scenes, old-school stuff, interviews with a lot of the greats and things. And to me, one of the greatest wrestling villains of all time. Yeah. And and definitely, not to get too wrestling-oriented uh, here, but definitely a game-changer with his Piper's Pit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was the first time that, you know, those kind of segments had ever been done, like out-of-the-ring sort of interview segments. And they went on and were copied and modified and changed, you know, for years and years and... Uh, I just remember him, I remember as a kid, him attacking Superfly Snooker (laughs) in Piper's pit, and he like cracked a coconut over his head and was like rubbing bananas in his face and stuff, and really just one of the greatest villains in, in wrestling history, I mean people hated him, but we are not here to talk about pro wrestling sadly, no, no, this is all connected, episode 70. An MCU podcast bringing you news and commentary on all your favorite Marvel movies, TV shows, and Netflix series. I am John. This is Russell. And tonight we're going to talk... Uh, what are we going to talk? We're going to do our rankings. I'll, I'll let you get into that in a second, Russ. Um, I, I just want to tell everybody, this is the beginning of its all-connected version 3.0. And everybody says 3.0. How, how can it be 3? Well, we were the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast originally. So that would be your version one. Uh, Version two is what we've been doing of It's All Connected. This is kind of the beginning of version three. We're going to try to tighten some things up. We're going to move some things around and go to a little segmented type of show and and see how it works out. First time we're trying it tonight. So if things get a little kooky, bear with us. If anybody's got any uh, suggestions or comments, we'd love to hear them on email or Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever. Um, so that's what I
0: think we're going to be doing. How do you feel about that, Russ? You a little nervous? I'm always a little nervous, but that's, you know, that has nothing to do with, uh, with changing the format. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Always. It's
1: always good to be a little bit on edge. We just got past the major league baseball trading deadline. (laughs) I don't think either Russ or I are very happy and we root for two completely different teams. (laughs) That's true. But again, that's not what we do. Right now, we're going to do some news and junk. Yeah.
0: How do you like that? That Yeah, <laughs> that is snazzy. It's like professional. I, I, I thought maybe I had, you know, like a, a banner ad going in the background or something.
1: All right. So what's new in the world
0: of the MCU? There's a lot of new stuff. Um we've got a Blu-ray announcement for Avengers Age of Ultron. uh, And it looks like we'll get the, you know, it's going to be the typical 3D, digital HD, you know, Blu-ray, DVD combo uh, set on October the 2nd. And it'll be video on demand, so you can rent it. And they're like, well, you know, it comes out on digital on September 8th. So what's the difference between, you know, digital and video on demand? So on September 8th, you'll be able to buy... It says 3D digital and digital HD on September 8th, so that's interesting. I don't know that I've seen a 3D version of a movie that you could buy digitally. There's been a, sort of an underground
1: digital movie trading scene, right? Because people, there are people that want to buy Blu-rays, and there are people that would rather just have the digital copy in their iTunes or Flickster or, or Vudu, etc., Uh, So people, there's uh, Blu-ray.com, for instance. There's a forum there where people trade and sell their digital copies and things like that. The reason I bring it up is people always remark when the digital copy is from the 3D version. And apparently, in the beginnings of Voodoo, Flixster, iTunes movies, etc., they were planning on having 3D digital versions, so people always say, hey, it's from the 3D, so if they ever convert these, this is from the 3D. And nothing has happened since then, but I think it was in the original plan. I'll be darn.
0: Okay. That's interesting as the, uh, little side note here, but as the ultra high definition Blu-ray spec has come out, which does not contain 3D. So basically the 4K Blu-ray will not will not have 3D as a part of the spec. It's crazy talk. Yeah, it's insane. But anyway, so yeah, so that's the full version of buying the movie on September the 8th. And then on October 2nd is the packaged version that you could go to your store or your Amazon.com or whatever and buy or rent um, from video on demand. So, you know, when you look at your Voodoo or uh, or your you know, Amazon or whatever, you'll be actually able to rent it on October 2nd. Prior to that, the only way you can get it digital is if you actually make the purchase. Which is is similar to what they did. I know they did it that way for Guardians of the Galaxy. That that was uh, that was how they did it. And I had actually I had a Voodoo credit. Uh, at the time that was sitting out there. So I actually bought the digital version so we could watch it a month ahead of time and then and then bought the the actual Blu-ray physical copy later. So it's kind of interesting. So yeah, so that'll be out. That one's going to be interesting. I Have you decided whether you're going to actually take the bite on that or are you going to wait until the Phase 2 set, which we could talk about here next?
1: You know, I will bite on it if there is a good exclusive somewhere. Mm, yeah. That worked for me with Phase 1. I wasn't so angry at having all of the single versions when the box set came out because I kept a a nice steel book or two, and I was also able to flip some of those exclusive versions, you know, on your Ebays and your trading forums and things like that for a pretty, you know, decent return. So I think the exclusives are worth it. You also, you know, you can grab an extra disc, a making of, a little documentary, something... They're going to make it worth your while because people are, you know, this is kind of the binge-watching theory all getting wrapped up into everything, right? Like, people are going to wait for the entire series to be done, the entire box set to come out before they buy. So they're going to give us reasons to delve into these single releases, I think, for sure. I mean, we've been getting, what, uh, Best Buy did a Winter Soldier steelbook, which is cool. Really nice. Yeah, there was an Avengers Steelbook at Best Buy also that was, like, really hard to get. It was just the black, uh, like, the black glossy cover with the A on it. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, It sounds like there's going to be different versions, one featuring, like, Ultron art and one featuring Vision art. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so I think depending on the exclusives I may pick and choose. I'll probably end up with Age of Ultron. I may not end up with Ant-Man unless something really cool
0: pops up. Yeah, I think Ant-Man's going to be even. They haven't announced a date for the Phase 2 box set. But I think the you know Ant-Man will come out probably really close to Christmas. I'm positive that this Phase 2 set will be out in time for Christmas. I don't I can't see the, a reason why they wouldn't try and capitalize on that. And so far, we don't have actual. We don't have a release date yet, and we don't have final packaging. But the image they've put with the Phase Two set on Amazon is the orb from Guardians of the Galaxy that holds the um, uh, the power stone. In you know, you see the two little arms and the and the you know the lightning going between the ball that you know that housed the you know the stone. So. I'm guessing it has something to do with either that. Maybe the whole set comes in one of those orbs or maybe it's some kind of contraption or maybe it's just something related to Guardians of the Galaxy and, and you know, they're just using that as a placeholder.
1: Yeah, you know, it looked really cool in the image, but I couldn't figure out what would actually be the set. Like, would it be the the orb itself would kind of crack open and have discs in it? Um, I guess that could be the way, but all those discs, it would be a pretty big and heavy orb to have suspended in like the yeah claw hand thing, for lack of a better term. I, I think that one's up in the air still.
0: Yeah, and it, they did confirm it'll come with uh, Blu-ray, if you get the, the Blu-ray set. It's going to be the Blu-ray and Blu-ray 3D versions of each movie. So when it came to the Phase 1 set, uh, the only 3D versions we got were for Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and Avengers. Uh, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Hulk were just just the Blu-ray versions. With the Phase 2 set, it's it's full 3D and non-3D versions, and then the extras, the extra disc that uh, that comes with it, and then whatever goodies they throw in. And I tell you, if they if they throw in goodies like they did with that Phase 1 set, then I'm definitely all in for the Phase 2. It is uh, pricier. I think Amazon has it now for like 229. I should have locked it in the other day because they had it for 179. I saw, I think it was like two days ago. So I believe it's back to that. I'm gonna check right now while you uh, finish up. Yeah. So, so I'll be looking no, for it. has gone.
1: Yeah, it's gone. It went. It went to. Uh, it went back to 200. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: still though, I mean, it's it's six movies. The Blu-ray, you know, versions, the 3D versions of those movies are typically, you know, you're rarely gonna pay under 20 bucks for that. So. You know that's one fifty just for that, and then of course, like I said, you get all the cool specials and the packaging and stuff like that. So that that that's good. And then you know, if if it's not something you want to buy down right away, I know with the phase one set, after it was out for about a year, it went down to like ninety nine bucks, uh, which that was definitely a steal for that. Uh, so it's it's definitely worth getting.
1: Is that around like? I'm I'm sure you could jump on Amazon and still get the briefcase I think uh, so. set. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it like in stores, but that was one I never really saw that one in stores. You know, the local
0: Best Buy's probably got like three of those. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I did initially, but they went quick. Yeah, Amazon still has it, but it's 187 for the Blu-ray. So, um, usually the way Amazon works is when there's a, a lot of, a large supply or there's not many left, and they want to blow them out to get them out of their their um their warehouses, it'll go cheap. And then when it kind of gets in that weird period where it's still kind of popular and they don't have a ton left, then the price kind of goes up. It's almost like they watch the demand, you know, if they see a bunch of people jumping on it, then you'll sometimes see the price rise up. So um, so it's 187 I I know when I pre-ordered it, I think I paid 127 I think? 109 maybe? Yeah, I
1: want to say I was, I, I was thinking $129.99, Yeah, same difference, but
0: I, I think that's what I was at about. Yeah, and I, I know for a while it was like 99 bucks, and now I guess, it, you know, again, probably supplies are kind of dwindling, so now it's creeped back up again, so.
1: Yeah, and I would think that the next round will be like a slimmed down version. Yes. You know, in a regular box. Uh, you might still get the extras jammed in there, some of them,
0: you know, maybe not all of them. Yeah, you might get like a digit pack or something like that where they'll just, you know, just put it in the pack- packaging. But yeah, I'm not surprised if we if we don't see that. Uh, before That's long.
1: like, uh, I'm a huge fan of, of Breaking Bad, as you are, Russ, and uh, I went out and grabbed the barrel, you know, the meth barrel with uh, yeah. for the complete set, and then recently somebody was like, oh, they put it out in like a little regular Blu-ray case for like half the price, you know, are you pissed? And I was like, no, I'm not pissed. I got an apron and a coin and, you know, yeah. meth rocks or some, <laughs> yeah, not, you know, some uh,
0: tons of really cool stuff in that barrel. Yeah, so that'll be so like I said, uh watch out for that. Um I saw just today, uh or I guess just yesterday actually, uh, that they released the logo for Jessica Jones and supposedly it's legit. Um it's 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 block writing in white. It almost looks like it's lit and there's these weird I don't even know what you call them, like lines cutting through it. I mean, it's just a it's a plain logo. There's nothing really almost like shattered glass maybe. Yeah kind of like how shattered
1: glass or like broken glass would kind of splinter the image like it becomes yeah. a little bit off
0: line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know the font's just a standard block font, you know, there's nothing, you know, fancy about it. It's just like I said white uh, you know, so you know, maybe it's just a placeholder. Maybe it's a complete phony. Um, you know, I guess we'll we'll wait and see on that.
1: I think it was a um, officially released on Marvel's Twitter today. Oh,
0: okay, all right. Yeah, I, it's good to go. Cool. It looks like we got some Luke Cage news. Umberto Gonzalez from Heroic *Hollywood* uh, is is saying that Marvel's Cottonmouth would f- pop up in Luke Cage, uh, in the pilot as a major villain. Uh, and, and apparently this is not the Cottonmouth that's a part of the Serpent Society. This is like a different Cottonmouth that originally appeared in the Luke Cage comics. Uh, but apparently he's supposed to be the big the big bad. Yeah, that's an interesting...
1: Uh, I guess that fits in our... Well, this is a little bit of speculation. We, we plan to have a separate section for spoilers and speculation, but I don't know if we're going to do that tonight. So, uh, whatever, it's not a big deal. But um, he's... Cottonmouth, apparently, I just read this today, is in the heroine game in the comics, which is sort of interesting because we know that we've seen heroin in Daredevil and we've seen the Iron Fist Steel Serpent logo on Madame Gow's heroin. Mm-hmm. So, who knows, maybe the heroine that uh, Cottonmouth is slinging has some of that crazy Madame Gow, uh, you know... Iron Fist logo stuff on it and it's just another way to bring it all together and connect things and I would imagine again we even heard Jack about Iron Fist yet which is really starting to get under my skin <laughs> but uh, I would imagine that Luke Cage could play a pretty big role in Iron Fist yeah I would hope so so maybe this is one way that it comes together yeah that'd
0: be cool yeah he's trying to track down the heroin or something like that and maybe it just leads him down that path that would be that would be kind of cool
1: yeah, and I'm still 50-50 on whether Doctor Strange has something to do with Kunlun mm. as a mystical place. And maybe he is around the same place that Madame Gao has traveled to since she left. Or the, um, the realm in Ant-Man, which we talked about last time. Yes, the quantum realm. The quantum
0: realm, thank you. So season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually started filming. I guess it was last week, last Friday, I think they started. Uh, so I imagine as time goes by here, we're probably going to be seeing a lot of leaked set pictures and, you know, official, you know, I'm sure like Clark Gregg and Chloe Bennett are pretty, and Ming-Na are pretty active on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. So I imagine we'll be seeing all kinds of like, just out of makeup or headed to the set, you know, that kind of that thing pop yeah. up.
1: Look at my bangs yeah. or my not bangs or
0: yeah dub smash (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and then chloe bennett had the the big you know she's she's getting closer to the daisy johnson character so she's uh she's went to the chop shop and had her had her hair clipped so it's not quite daisy johnson comic look it's not like the short pixie cut but it is considerably shorter than she had it. i guess they uh she had some anxiety over it being cut so i I think they just kind of came up with a uh, a nice mi- mi- middle ground uh, look for her. I feel like she's
1: going through a like Luke Skywalker transition thing that you can tell by her hair. <laughs> you know how Luke, yes. you know, when he first he's like the floppy haired kid, then he's like the buzz cut Jedi. You know, it, uh, it's almost like a hyperbole for her status. Yes. A metaphor, not a
0: hyperbole. Yes. One of those. The other bit of news that I had on here, too, is, John, it turns out the at Russo underscore brothers Twitter is not legit. Oh, that's disappointing. Isn't it? Uh, so that was like a big, I guess it was Devin Ferracci that was kind of putting two and two together, saw that Twitter come out, uh, saw a bunch of images come out. And I mean, he he peppered it with saying, look, this could be complete nonsense. Um, but, you know, take a look at this Twitter account and. Uh, take a look at these images, and I think people thought for a while there were, like, extreme close-ups of what might have been the Spider-Man costume. There was what looked like a, um, almost like a lens that had a, I don't know what you'd call it, when like a shutter kind of look to it. Uh, right. So some were, you know, saying that, you know, it may be, like, some sort of, um, you know, uh, eyepiece or something like that that Spider-Man would wear. There was, like, a lot of close-ups of, like, a blackish, bluish um material with, you know, that red color, um, and then just some cryptic, like, distance photos of somebody, you know, walking out of a lighted room, you know, where you couldn't actually make out who it was, uh, and it turns out that James Gunn came out and said, nope, it's all BS, that the Russo brothers don't get on social media at all, and they have no plans to do so, that's why I tweet out a bunch of stuff for them, because I'm a crazy Instagram, Twitter, Facebook guy. <laughs> the whole thing is crazy. I mean...
1: Again, not to uh, bring baseball into it, but, like, today was the Major League Baseball trading deadline. And Twitter was, like, nuts with reports and sure. rumors, and it just goes completely crazy. I saw a thing today, it was, like, breaking down the Suicide Squad trailer. Like, it was basically a YouTube video where somebody stopped the trailer and, and pointed things out, which which was fine, but point being the end of the trailer it's like suicide squad is coming august 2016 we're still a year away from the movie yeah and i feel like i've seen the whole damn thing (laughs) from between you know between cell phone camera shots of batman riding the purple corvette around town or whatever the hell that was and you know the san diego comic-con stuff and the leaked photos of, of harley quinn and and like it all looks good and great but it's like we've seen the movie before a year before we're going to see the movie.
0: Yeah. And it seems worse for Batman versus Superman. I mean cuz it's they it seems like they've been filming that thing for like 2 years. <laughs> well
1: actually it's been filming since 1989 apparently. <laughs> and uh yeah that's just crazy. And and not to go off track I'm going to let you finish up. Uh I'm going to let you finish but the death of Superman lives for anybody that's into, and obviously anyone listening is into superhero movies. And I know we're Marvel geeks, but you know, check out the death of Superman lives documentary. You can get it on like iTunes, Amazon, whatever. Um, really good behind the scenes stuff on how a movie can die before
0: it <laughs> has a chance. Yeah. And die a slow death, not even like a, well, ultimately it died a quick death, but, uh, but, but, For a movie to get that far and for it to get the plug pulled is just, it's a pretty crazy story. Yeah, very enjoyable. It'll make you guess who is more insane. Is it Kevin Smith or is it John Peters? Yeah, I'm going with the hairdresser. Yeah, the answer may surprise you. Yes. Um, there's a couple other, actually one other Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, but I think that's spoilery. Uh, we have a theory, so I think that's a good, you know, we wanted to save something for a spoiler section, so I think that's a good one to save. Wouldn't you agree, John? Cool, yeah. Actually, and then there's one other, so I'll do half of this, and then the other half we'll talk about in the spoiler section, because one of them is pretty, uh, is pretty well known. The other one, I think, gets into spoilers slash theories, uh, behind things, but Rachel McAdams, has come out and confirmed that she's been in talks with Marvel for Doctor Strange, but uh, per her, Marvel hasn't come out and said anything per her. The talks are very uh, preliminary. Nothing's been set in stone yet. Uh, So, you know, take that what you will, you know, we may hear an announcement here pretty quick that says, yep, she's on board, or we may hear something that she's walked away from it. But uh, that, you know, that movie comes out in November of 2016. So I would imagine filming, as filming winds down on Civil War, I think then the Doctor Strange machine will be cranked up and filming probably begins for that I would say probably September October at the at the latest. Very good. Yeah, I'm excited to start to get some information on that one. Yeah, I think again, I think that's another risky bit, but I think it's got a top-notch cast. I think it's just intriguing enough that I think it can it can draw people in. Um, because Ant-Man, so the last bit of news I wanted to talk about uh, before we get to kind of our main main discussion, our main topic that we teased uh, as well, is the Ant-Man box office. So it crossed over a hundred million in the domestic box office. Uh, it's sitting per box office Mojo right now. It's sitting at 119 million domestic. It's sitting at 120 million foreign. So it's sitting at 239. It had a budget of 130 estimated, so fairly modest budget, um, especially when you when you compare it to some of the others. Captain America: The First Avenger was a little higher. Thor was a little higher. Um, you know, I think it's pretty close to you know even the Hulk was higher. So the fact that they were able to scale down the budget, I think is going to work in its favor. Um, but right now, it's I think it's going to pass the Incredible Hulk because um worldwide and domestic it's it's very close on both fronts i mean and, and the so right now pre ant-man the incredible hulk was the lowest um at the box office of any of the marvel franchise movies and and to be honest with you looking at the bottom 3 they're all first movies in a series so you know number 9 uh is thor number 10 is captain america the first avenger number 11 is the incredible hulk and right now number 12 is ant-man so you know I think Marvel's come to expect that when they kick off a new property, they don't expect it to, you know, immediately, you know, jump to, uh, you know, be a worldwide sensation. I think Guardians is is the extreme, uh, you know, edge case in that. I, I don't think that even Marvel anticipated that it would do as well as it did. Um, but, you know, we kind of talked that to death. So uh, Ant-Man is sitting worldwide at 239. Incredible Hulk is at 263. Um, now Captain America, the first Avenger, the next one up is 370. I don't see it getting anywhere near that range, but I do, I do think it can, it can leapfrog the incredible Hulk, you know, 30 million. It's, it's probably still got another three or four weeks left in its, in its run, uh, you know, worldwide and domestic. It's pretty much worldwide open in all of the major territories, except Japan. Japan is the only one, uh, you know, major market that it hasn't opened yet. And it doesn't open in Japan until September, um, which is kind of odd, but whatever. Wow. I think uh, Avengers was the same way. It opened in Japan like really late as well. Uh, So domestically, same kind of deal. Uh, Incredible Hulk made 152. Ant-Man was 119. uh, Captain America, which is the next, uh, the next one in the, in the chain was at 180. So uh, I think it can leapfrog the Incredible Hulk. I, I, again, I don't see it leapfrogging Captain America, the first Avenger or Thor, um, at 180 and 182 respectively so uh you know i don't yeah i'm just curious to see what how marvel views the success you know what what is considered successful for ant-man because it, and we talked about this before but i think in some respects this is a movie they just needed to get off the books like i think it was one of those like they wanted to bring the character in i think they got an interesting take but It was just something they had committed to, talked about, invested a lot of money in, and to walk away from it or to to change gears on it. I think they were kind of like too late at that point. There's actually a
1: really good article on Forbes today. Uh, Today is the 31st as we record. Uh, The article is by Scott Mendelson. The the title is Ant-Man Has Topped Green Lantern. Yeah, but it's kind of a it's kind of a tricky title. But the the article is basically all about putting box office into perspective, uh, and it really takes a look at Ant Man and and how it's making its money, and at what point, you know, it, it just passed Green Lantern, but Green Lantern was done, you know, has been done long ago, and Ant Man still has some life, um, and it's showing a little bit of late life. It's not dying as quickly. You know, we figured word of mouth would help it out. Yeah. Plus, in the summer, there are a lot of other choices. So maybe for a few weeks in a row, you choose different movies to see, and now you're getting around to Ant-Man. Like, you know, that happens in the summer. But a really good article. I put it in our uh, Facebook, actually, but uh, you can check it out on Forbes.com as well.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so it would be interesting to see. And and again, Ant-Man has a better Rotten Tomatoes score. You know, generally, critically... And fan-wise, it's pretty highly regarded. I mean, you know, there's not too many people you talk to that have actually seen it that are down on it. Most people are pretty upbeat about it. You know, Green Lantern wasn't the same way. I mean, critically and and fan-wise, it was pretty much, uh, you know, crapped on. So, uh, so again, I think I think that comes into play as well. You know, if if the, if the buzz is pretty positive, uh, you know, I think they think they could leverage it moving forward. So I, you know, again, I don't think we're going to see a sequel to Ant Man anytime soon, um, but I think having him in the other movies i think will help play that up right hey russ while you
1: may be able to listen to podcasts for free producing a podcast does cost actual money i know you're aware of this russ it does and if uh if you listeners get value out of our show and you'd like to help keep it running maybe even help us improve its quality the quantity of shows we can put out and the content please visit patriot.com slash it's all connected and become a patron uh, you can donate any amount you'd like per episode, whether it be a quarter or a dollar or more. Whatever you feel the show is worth is great. Uh, it goes towards improving the show in the future. And as always, we'd like to thank our current patrons for helping keep us going. Check it out. Maybe help us out. Throw us a few nickels. We have some ideas. I'm using a new mic. Did anybody notice? I don't know. But it cost money. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a Yeti microphone. It's lovely. I don't. I, Russ has the Yeti already. I don't know if anybody out there in uh, listening land knows what the Yeti is, but it's ginormous. I could throw it at an intruder if I need to,
0: and it would put them down.
1: Yeah, and uh, it, it's also a very good microphone. So that's the kind of thing we're we're trying to up our game. Indeed. Um, and in the spirit of upping our game, it's now time to get connected.
0: We really need to upgrade our ISP, Russ. We do, you know. And I moved out of the boonies, uh, and I thought that I left the dial-up behind, but apparently I did not leave the dial-up behind. But maybe if we get some more patrons, we can we can up that up that game. We can get to the to the broadband era. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So,
1: get connected is sort of our main uh, meat and potatoes of the episode, just to give everybody an idea what we're thinking with our. With our new format, and uh, Russ came up with a pretty cool idea for the next couple of shows that aren't, you know, specific to any episodes or Daredevil or anything coming out. So, Russ, maybe
0: you want to clue everybody in. So, I am crazy when it comes to, like, numbers and spreadsheets and rankings and databases and stuff like that. Um, If you all have been listeners to what John and I have been doing for a long time, we did something on the Half Hour Wasted podcast a couple of years ago um, called the the, the top the, the network's top twenty movies of all time, um, and it was something I put together and we all voted to see you know which which were the the best movies. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and so phase two is over. Ant Man marks the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe phase two, and so we thought, well, you know, that's kind of a good break point. Let's we've got twelve movies, so there's actually something worth uh, ranking now. Uh, so just as a kind of internal exercise, you know, the, the, members of, of it's all connected and some of the other connected podcasts that we do, we all thought, yeah, let's just rank them out. And then I thought, well, let's see what the listeners, uh, think. And so I kind of put out a thread. We got a lot of really good responses. Uh, I appreciate everybody that responded. Um, and I will pick a winner, a response win- winner at random. Um, and we will do this every week for the next, uh, three episodes that we cover the list so we're going to break the list down uh 12 movies into uh three chunks so we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up um and keep you in suspense so you need to come back and listen to the next episode to see where the rankings were um and one of our listeners um and he he uh he's been been a long-time listener uh, contributor to the show a.v um because he said everybody butchers his name so just call him a.v so i'll call you a.v uh, he put together this crazy, awesome spreadsheet. Uh, I didn't even have to put it in a database and do all kinds of crazy number crunching. He did it for for us um, and calculated out all kinds of, you know, averages and highs and lows and ranges and all this kind of stuff. And even included, so everybody that responded in the thread, uh, I took that spreadsheet and then added all of the hosts and put their rankings in there. Um, and he even included, which I thought this was cool. Uh, the Metacritic and the Rotten Tomatoes rank, so he kind of went through based on Rotten Tomatoes scores and Metacritic scores, and then and then put them in order as well, um, and had that that kind of in there. So I think that was kind of a kind of a great normalizer. So we have all these individuals that uh, that ranked the the movies, and then you know we've kind of got these these major aggregate sites to kind of uh, to kind of pull pull things in from from the outliers. Um, so that's very cool yeah yeah that's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for it's all connected it, that's true because that was a lot of effort let me tell you um, a lot of math involved mean medians and modes yes we should give a prize out if somebody can uh can email in or leave us a voicemail that explains uh all three of or all four of those nice um but yeah so we're gonna start at the bottom and then we'll go through kind of all these numbers because it was interesting to see uh some of these some of these come in so in last place and this was almost uh when the numbers first came in this movie was not in last place um but ended up in last place uh and that is the incredible hulk at number 12 so of all the listeners hosts um and the public at large uh they feel that the incredible hulk if you had to rank them one through 12 is the 12th i i agree it was my 12th mine too
1: um we've We've said this a thousand times, you know, all of these movies are good. The Hulk for me is like a seven out of 10, which is not bad by any stretch. If I had to put my finger on it, I would just say that we've already seen the Hulk on the run, you know, enough times. Yeah. It was very—I often—I have not gone back and watched This Incredible Hulk recently. I have not gone back and watched Ang Lee's Hulk recently. But I know I get parts of those movies jumbled in my head as to what happened in which movie. Because they're kind of similar in a lot of ways, besides the crazy, like, daddy-issue stuff that Ang Lee did. Right, right. And I don't think the Hulk got to do enough Hulk things in The Incredible Hulk— like, the best part of the two versions of The Incredible Hulk is probably in the Ang Lee version when he's jumping through the desert and, like, helicopter-flipping tanks. Yes. And uh, and that stuff. He didn't really get to do that in The Incredible Hulk. And I think that's why he became such a hit in The Avengers, because he finally got to do Hulk stuff.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. He's it, it, just a hard character to pull off by himself, because he doesn't... You know, Captain America can put on the suit and run around, and Iron Man can put on the suit and run around and still act and sound like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. You make the Hulk Hulk out, and he doesn't speak very well, and he's kind of mindless, so you can't really play off of other characters. It's just hard to sustain that for long periods of time. And then when you go through too many, too much of a stretch where he's not the Hulk, then people are like, "Well, why call it a Hulk movie if he's not going to be the Hulk?" So it's it's really difficult um you almost have to do you know like you know if you if you want to do it you almost have to do like a planet hulk or do it where he's like the smart hulk you know where he has his faculties about him uh, and can interact you know that way um see see what they do with that moving forward if, if anything but yeah I, th- I think he plays better as part of the team than than individually that's just i've always felt that way
1: yeah and- one thing I did like about The Incredible Hulk was uh, the villain, who we have not gotten great villains in our Marvel movies, as as we've spoken about. I thought Brodsky and Abomination were pretty damn cool, and, you know, thinking back to when The Hulk came out, I just loved the fact that uh, it was an early glimpse at what a super soldier would be like.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: when Brodsky was running around. Was that the college campus, maybe? Is that where uh, they have their fight out on the lawn and Brodsky's still in human form and he's kind of, like, running a little bit faster and jumping a little bit higher? Yeah, that was a really nice... um, At that point, we knew that Captain America was coming, uh, so that was a really cool little glimpse. And, you know, these movies, we weren't full-blown connected yet in Iron Man and Hulk. We were getting those little after-credit scenes and stuff, but... It hadn't
0: come clear, you know, what was what this was going to be like yet. Yeah, and it was shortly. I mean, it was like six weeks after Iron Man. I mean, they released very, very close together. So the the high. So we'll go through some of the some of the ranges here. So the high the highest ranking Hulk got was sixth. So nobody ranked Hot Hulk higher than sixth in any of the rankings. Um, the median uh, was eleven. The mode was twelve. So the mode means how many times. Which what ranking was um, was was selected most often. often. And so 12 was selected most often.
1: And Daryl Taylor, of course, is the guy
0: who gave it a six. Of course. Love Daryl. Yeah, Daryl's the best. Um, when we get to the other one, we'll have to we'll have to pick on him a little a little more. And I know he listens, so he'll love he'll love Yeah, us for and it. I mean
1: he's the oh he's the first person that listens, and he's the first person to ask where's the damn show yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> yes, and you know we pick on him because we love him and because he's wrong like all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So what's uh? Hi Daryl. <laughs> so
1: what is up with number eleven? So number
0: eleven, this one actually surprised me a little bit. Number eleven is Thor the Dark World. Uh, and i you know this one for me you know personally i'm I mean, not to to derail too much but i rank this one uh you know a bit higher than than this i mean for me this is ranked nine i know you had it at eight so you 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 had it ticked up a little bit more than than i did even
1: yeah i think one of the cool things about the mcu is that they've They've gone and made very different movies. It's not the same superhero movie over and over again. So Thor is your fantasy section. Um, you know, and Guardians of the sure. Galaxy is your space opera and more of a comedy, and and uh, Captain America was a war movie, and then it was a spy movie in Winter Soldier. You get a nice variety, and I think some people are just not into the fantasy element as much as others. And I loved the Dark Elves, and I loved um you know i i love that whole corner of the marvel universe um i've heard people say why is it so small you know like why is the thor thor and loki should be i don't know traveling the realms and it should be bigger and they've grounded them too
0: much i don't know if you've ever felt that way uh no i mean i, I you know, no, because i think the first one they had to kind of play it safe you know, you don't know what people are going to respond to. You don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. So I think the first Thor movie was played a little safe. And I, I think they did some of that in The Dark World, which, you know, again, is for me why it I, I put it above the other. Um, but, yeah, it, it's funny. You know, we t- I talk from time to time. My wife is not a superhero space, you know, science fiction-y kind of person. She just kind of takes movies one at a time and if it looks like it's going to be funny or interesting or have a lot of action you know she'll she'll kind of dive into it um she loves the avengers i mean loves 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 and guardians i think she loves even more so than the avengers because the funny the the, the humor in it is what sold it for her i mean that just and the soundtrack i mean that those two things together sold it and she, you know she likes the iron man movies and stuff like that she's not seen thor the dark world and it wasn't until like after I think even Winter Soldier, that she saw the first Thor movie. She just wasn't, like, that just doesn't do anything for her. She's not into the sword and sorcery kind of stuff. And not that that's, you know, really what that's about, but it kind of feels that way. You know, people, you know, gods and, and you know, creatures and realms and things like that. So, yeah, she...
1: Yeah, and the original Thor, you know, Frost Giants and... And Loki, I think you know, I don't. I don't think anybody would argue that Loki is the best villain or the villain that they've brought along and done the most with. So having him in, in uh, you know, in the Thor films helps out a lot too
0: for me. Sure. Uh, so the highest rank was third for Thor: The Dark World, um, and that was not that was not Daryl or Frank, um, because Frank's Frank 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 is one. I think we'll we'll pick on him. Uh, Half hour wasted's Frank Rincon that we'll we'll pick on a little bit because he he has some funny ways of looking at some of these movies sometimes. Um, yeah. But one of our listeners, Dom, uh, ranked it third, so that was that was its highest ranking. Uh, so it had a range of nine, which is a pretty big spread, but not the biggest spread uh, of of all these movies. Um, the- Does
1: Dom have the first Thor in close proximity or very or, you know high as well? Let us look. Uh yes. Yeah, very close. Right. So I would I would say that possibly my theory has something to do with that. You know, he's probably more of a fan of the fantasy type movie, you know, or that kind of action movie or that sort of superhero. I take
0: it back. No, not not no, he it it's considerably it. lower. I mean it's Oh yeah. well. I I read that wrong, I apologize. Uh, yeah, he had that one ranked seventh. So so Okay. Dark world. Third. That's middle. That's not so low, right? I mean, it's lower half. Just a few but... positions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the median, the mode on that one was also twelve. So again, just like the Hulk, the one that was selected the most was twelve, uh, and then the median was ten on that. Um, that uh, Rotten Tomatoes actually uh, in Metacritic have that as the lowest. Uh, so Thor: The Dark World is number eleven.
1: I'm going to watch that again soon and um i must also say that kat dennings
0: is worth a point or two for me yeah i think they made the one thing the one criticism i have of thor the dark world is i think they made those characters selvig darcy i think they made them a little too silly uh i think i think they kind of went a little over the top with those two as compared to the first one but you could be right mild criticism But still, overall,
1: I liked it better. Um, Her silliness is not detracting any of the
0: extra points I have given. It's totally unrelated. I understand and agree. Uh, So, number 10 uh, is Iron Man 2. And I think this one one probably vexes you the most, John. Yeah, we're going to put the gloves
1: on. (laughs) I love Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 is my number two ranked movie. And I know... I know that uh, this is what always happens. I always have Iron Man 2 the highest of anybody. You know, we were kind of saying earlier that when when the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man hit, the universe wasn't really connected yet. They'd thrown a little bit of after credits in. They were kind of sticking their toes in the water and figuring out if it could work. Uh, and then Iron Man 2 happens... And this is where things got connected. This is the one that blew my mind in terms of, you know, how they're going to intermingle all of these movies. Yeah. I also love, you know, I, I loved War Machine. They brought in War Machine. Awesome. Some great scenes fighting back to back right out of the comics, you know, stuff that we weren't seeing at that time. I mean, Black Widow was introduced um, and absolutely killed it. You know, they did the whole, they did the undercover, they did the sexy, they did the badass, you know, it worked perfectly. Um, I loved Whiplash, I loved Justin Hammer. Uh, I thought the you know I know there was some over the top stuff with like Fury and Tony sitting in like the donut shop in full uniform and stuff like I, I get that it had some it's not perfect it had some silly moments like that I think the Monaco scene with whiplash is a highlight of the entire MCU I'm not saying it's the best scene in all of the MCU but it's up there for me yeah And uh, I don't know, man. I just just really loved it. And I I loved... At the time it came out, it was so
0: mind-blowing that they weren't kidding. They're really going to do this? Yeah, it's like they put their foot on the accelerator with Iron Man 2, and you had no question that they're all in. Right, and maybe... You know, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't hold up as
1: well if you watch it now. But we weren't getting a superhero movie every six months at that point. So I think, like we were saying, you know, it was a, it was a trailblazer at that time, and I, I I still enjoy the hell of you know those scenes. I, I really do. The whole Justin Hammer thing when he's selling the weapons yes. to Rhodey. Yes. I mean,
0: and the, I want my bird. You know, the whole. Yes. <laughs> there was just a lot of good stuff in that movie. Yeah, I I agree. I th- I think it's 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 one of those things people either rank it fairly high or just really crap on it, which is kind of funny, but yeah, so the high on that was 2 and that was that was you. Um the low was 12. So the range, the median and the mode were all 10. So the mo- the mode was 10 on that one too. Um and again, Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic that's kind of where it where it falls um on that. So yeah, I was I was uh again, for for me it was I'm trying to think of where I put it well, I put it at eight um, and and just because there's just so many that are just so good um, so it's it's kind of a lower tier for me but but I think that and, and again you're you know not
1: to, not to give anything away but you know you're a huge cap fan yes. and a huge war buff yes so maybe your captain America don't spoil it but maybe your captain America is way higher and your Iron Man 2 is you know like sure. it's all these movies are so the great thing about them again is the the variety. It's not just a superhero of the week type movie, you know, saving the city, saving the world. They're all they all fall into different genres, which is awesome. Sure,
0: yeah. Uh, so to continue on the Iron Man train, uh, number nine is Iron Man three, uh, which again this doesn't surprise me that it's kind of in this lower uh, this lower third uh, at all the high on this one was a four and that was Chris. One of our listeners ranked it as a four. Um, Frank also uh, Frank Rincon, half our waist Frank, our Frank uh, Rincon and uh, Jordan Jordan from Jersey from our walking dead TV podcast and LOD um, also ranked it as a four. So it had, it had a, a quite a, quite a few uh, higher rankings uh, on this. Yeah. This is a, this is
1: another one that comes in really high or comes in really low. And I think a lot of it, has to do with the
0: Mandarin and the choice they made for the Mandarin. Maybe I mean that's it's funny. That's not why I gave it Knox. I mean to me that I thought that was a bold enough choice that that actually kind of gives it bumps it up a little bit. But um, but yeah, this was second to lowest for me just because I I just I don't know. It just felt. Maybe it was, you know, bringing in Shane Black. You know, maybe it was, I, I I don't know. I just, I there was just something off with this one that just didn't quite resonate with me.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really buy the Iron Man PTSD stuff or, or the Tony Stark, I should say. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the Mandarin. I, I thought, you know, Ben Kingsley could have been awesome being the actual Mandarin. And then, you know, just the fact that they kind of undid it in the one shot. Yeah tells you that they might have felt like they'd made a mistake with the character. It felt like just a backtrack to me. Um, you know, and I get, the whole the whole thing was kind of off. They're trying to take away from the... They don't want to have these stereotypical characters that, that came into play in the 60s and 70s in Marvel. So you have the Mandarin, and he's not Asian, and it just all didn't... You don't want him to be, like, stereotypical, sure. but he's the Mandarin, so change his name then, you know, I, I don't know. This one just, it missed the mark for me, and I love, you know, I love the Iron Man movies, and, and this one, again, it's not bad. Also, I, I think maybe the end, the the super drone fight or whatever, I don't know. There wasn't enough Iron Man in this Iron Man. There was a lot of Tony Stark.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, again, it was a Shane Black movie, I felt, more so than anything. You know, they talk about, you know, there's a lot of talk about, well, Marvel is heavy handed with these and they don't let their directors have their mark. And I I disagree with that because I think, I think Marvel has a vision. I think Marvel has some beats and some things that they, that they either, you know, push down on the director. But I think the style and the feel, uh, I think the director definitely shines through. I mean, I think we see that with Whedon. I think we see that with James Gunn. Uh, I definitely saw that with Joe Johnston. Uh, I, I think, you know, again, we see that with, you know, Favreau and then Shane Black. And I think that's to me, that's kind of what what hurt it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Definitely like a bold choice for a director. And it's a different movie. And I appreciate it. It's just down there for me, too. I think it's uh, maybe we said this already. I think it's 11 for me. Yeah, That's
0: where it was for me as well. So, yeah. Um, so, again, this one had a pretty big swing. So it had a high of four, a low of 12. Um, so the median was nine and a half and the mode was 11. So most people had this at the, at the second to last at the, at the bottom. Um, but there was just enough of those four votes that, that were able to pull it, uh, pull it back and put it in, in ninth place. Uh, so that's the bottom four. So that's what we're covering this week. And then, uh, next week we will do the next four. So one of the things, uh, I mentioned as we try and do, uh, as, as we, uh, put those things out there is um i was going to pick a person at random and if you listen to the last episode where i talked about my uh, adventures seeing ant-man and how i absconded with uh, several of the uh the opening day imax 3d posters uh so i have a few to spare um and so we split this up we're going to do it in three shows so each show i'm going to pick a winner at random and then when we get past everything, I'll, I'll go to the post office and 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 mail them out. Uh, so I, I apologize uh, to Callum Revi, who I told I was who won the last contest for uh, responding back on the MCU Minute. Uh, he 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 was the uh, selectee at random. Uh, I just I haven't made it to the post office. So once we get all these contests uh, wrapped up here in the next couple of few weeks, I will hit to the post office and just do a mass mailing to. To all of those folks that uh, that I owe stuff to. So the winner uh, this week uh, that I picked at random of uh, entrance is Mary Kirk. So Mary, if you're listening, which I hope you are, uh, I know you've been a long time collaborator on the show. You're always posting, uh, tweeting, etc. Uh, so if you send us a private message um, or send, you can send me an email um, at russ at hhlod.com uh, to my email address uh, and send me your address information. If you'd like a poster, um, I will be happy to get a tube and send it to you. Um, and if not, if you, if you, if you decline or you already have the poster, then I will, uh, I will pick a backup. Um, but like I said, we'll, we'll wait till the contest ends up and then I'll, I'll kind of mass mail all these out. So, um, so each week I will pick another person to win another copy of that poster. Very cool.
1: Yeah. I'm happy, uh, like you said, Mary's a good, uh, a good friend of the show, so deserving. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. So there's, there's three more chances for, fo- or two, two more chances, I should say. There'll be three. Uh, there's twelve movies. There's four per show, so there'll be two more opportunities for those that have, uh, that have responded to win. So the voting is closed. So you could send your rankings in if you like, but they won't be counted in towards either the contest or the overall numbers. But we appreciate everybody that responded. Like I said, we got a pretty good response out of that. And and again, thanks to AV, uh, again another another good supporter of the show for putting this all together. Um, when this all said and done, maybe I'll reach into the prize closet and see if I can send you something something a little extra special. Awesome. As well. And we have an outstanding uh, iTunes
1: review prize that that I have floating around, and I got a bunch of comics. They're MCU related. They're they're variant covers for the. Uh, Agents of Shield television show and there's some Deathlock comics in there. You can see them all on the Facebook page. I, I've been holding off giving it away just because the the response hasn't been great. I, I think we've only had like maybe two new iTunes reviews since then so I wanted to give a chance for more people to get involved. but soon I will uh, I will get going on that. Um, and listen, if donating to the patreon campaign isn't your thing but you'd like to support the show, great way to do so is to leave us an iTunes review iTunes reviews help us climb the charts, get put in front of more eyeballs. Leaving a review will get you mentioned on an upcoming episode and can also get you automatically entered for giveaways and prizes in the future, like I just mentioned. And uh, again, we'd like to thank everybody that has already left a review for helping spread the word about It's All Connected. So thanks to those guys. And uh, batten down the hatches and hide the women and children, Russ, because it's a spoiler alert. If you do not like to be spoiled, you might want to fast forward a little bit uh, so you don't get spoiled.
0: Russ, what do you got? So first off, uh, we've got, and this is something we, we alluded to earlier, but Constant Zimmer uh, has recently been announced to be joining uh, Mar- Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the third season. Uh, she's set to play the head of a mysterious new government agency that will cross paths with S.H.I.E.L.D. as both seek out new Inhumans following the events of last season. So, hmm. you another another organization you say. I'd say.
1: I'm thinking and and you're thinking it and a lot of people are thinking it. We're we've been waiting for sword s period w period o period r period d period, much like shield, only sword. Yes. This is the, what would you call it, the intergalactic shield, the shield
0: for the cosmos, Yeah, for the cosmic... Yeah, basically, shield looks to protect the Earth from threats within, sword looks to protect the Earth from threats without. So they're looking at um, all of these crazy alien races that are floating around in the cosmos, and when they look like they're going to threaten Earth they step in and do something about it so the population at large doesn't get all crazy and alarmed and they fir- sword first showed up in astonishing x-men weed joss whedon um funny enough joss whedon's run uh, and john cassidy's run of astonishing x-men uh so there's been a lot of speculation for a while because sword is kind of like a sister agency to shield there's a lot of connections to, uh, you know, to, to the Avengers and to you know just the MCU, uh, the the Marvel universe at large in the comics. Um, you know, is she considered, or is that organization and and the the leader of that organization, Abigail Brand, considered part of the Fox deal, or does Marvel retain rights, or is it a gray area like uh, Scarlet Witch and and Quicksilver where they kind of share rights? I Honestly, don't know. I've never heard Marvel or anybody come out and say definitively one way or the other. Um, you know, just because a character appears in a comic that uh, one studio has rights over as opposed to another doesn't necessarily mean that that studio has rights over them. Uh, so it can get a little sticky. But I think one of the things you were mentioning in your speculation, John, is maybe Constantine Zimmer is playing Abigail Brand.
1: Yes, Abigail Brand would be the... Uh the leader of S.W.O.R.D., and what's happening in the comic world in Marvel is that uh, they're doing this Secret Wars event, and, and it's going to lead to pretty much a reboot in the fall. We've expected for a long time that this reboot would lead many of the characters to be more like their MCU uh, versions. So, another thing that's happening is Marvel is basically telling Fox and, uh, Sony... No, what's, uh, Fantastic Four or Sony? Yes, Fox. I had it right. It is Fox. Correct, Russ. Um, they're basically giving them the finger and saying, well, you know, we're not going to promote your characters, so we're canceling the Fantastic Four, and we're not going to have any new mutants in, in our comics, and, uh... I don't know. Are, are they phasing out the mutants that are there? I know no. Wolverine is going to be there, but you know, okay. So they're they're letting the mutants hang around, but they're not introducing any new mutants. Which they're they were
0: always introducing new mutants. Uh, yeah, you know, before this. It, it, yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, you know, even as recent as Bendis' has run, there were new whole swaths of new characters come in. I, I think it's more on the promotional end. Like you don't see them on posters. You don't see them on. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the action figures, they've scaled back any of those characters that they actually introduce, you know, things like that. The, the, in the post-Secret Wars world, allegedly, the X-Men characters are going to kind of move themselves to space. Marvel's been positioning the Inhumans as kind of like a replacement X-Men, where their, their stock is going up in the comic world. Uh, and, and they're really pushing that forward as kind of like the new bl- brand of mutants it's not really working that well um, but yeah but th- definitely the Disney Marvel machine is is minimizing title wise and prominence um, mainly anything owned by Fox I mean now that now that uh, ace spider-man is way too popular a character to sideline but now that Marvel you know, Disney and Sony are playing nice. Uh, he, it's not quite as prominent with them, but yeah, anything with the Fox side is really kind of getting the finger, like you said. Right, and and the reason I
1: bring this up is because it was announced that there'll be a new Captain Marvel series in the fall, which we know is is an upcoming movie in the MCU next phase or two phases or whatever. And uh, they've announced that Abigail Brand of S.W.O.R.D. will have a major role in this comic. And I don't think Marvel would do that if they didn't have rights to the character for the movies. Probably not. Right. That's just the way they've been acting with giving the finger and phasing out mutants and and going all MCU all the time. I don't think they'd be sticking Abigail Brand next to Captain Marvel if that wasn't their plan in the Captain Marvel movie. Sure. So go out and, uh, hit eBay and, uh, bins in your, uh, comic cons and online stores and local comic book shops and grab some copies of astonishing X-Men number three for the first appearance of Abigail brand.
0: And, uh, it'll be worth something someday. Yeah. And I, I must add, I really like her character in the comics. I, I think she's, she, she just has this nice blend of like, Authority, um, competency, humor, um, you know, just Whedon just really wrote her very well. And and she's actually been handled pretty well thereafter. So I I just I really like her character. So we'll see if Miss Zimmer uh, is playing uh, Abigail Bryant. Like I said, they haven't given her a name. So it'll be interesting to see if we see some scoops of a woman walking around with green hair. I think that'll that'll pretty much give it up. (laughs) Yeah, I think so.
1: Did we? This is not really a spoiler. Uh, did we talk about Marvel saying that they're going to be putting out Netflix shows about every six months?
0: Yeah, the the I guess there was a was it the Television Critics Association had a big shindig a week or so ago, and and the COO of Netflix basically said, yeah, every six, and you know, telling us you know pretty much what we already knew, but just confirmed a that. Jessica Jones will be out in 2015, will be out in the fall, uh, and that we will see two properties per year on the Netflix side. So That's cool. I mean, some other rumors came out of
1: that that were, you know, we're talking about Punisher going on his own, we're talking about Thunderbolts, we have some... You know, hopefully where there's smoke, there's fire. But if they're going to do a series every six months, I mean, I guess we could keep getting the season two of all of these other shows and season three of Daredevil and etc. But hopefully they start bringing in some new ones as well. And, you know, it's weird because you I say we I I think of the Netflix as like one show, but they're not. They could totally be filming at the same time. They have nothing to do with each other. You know so we really don't need to feel like oh we have to wait you know a year for the next one to start filming and it's not season 2 of another of a show it's a new series they just happen to all be on Netflix. Right. So I guess that's how I was looking at it for a while and then when like Daredevil was filming and and Jessica Jones hadn't
0: wrapped and I was like oh no this is this is different. Yeah. And so depending on permitting and stuff like that too I would imagine it's like okay if they could shoot in this section of New York for three days on two shows, it might be more cost-effective than shooting two days and then coming back a month later and shooting two more days. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody there that's probably got some flow chart in their office that's figuring all this stuff out to try and minimize, you know, street closures and, you know, security and all this other kind of stuff, you know, to try and to try and narrow some of that down, so... That'll be interesting. Very good. So one more bit of spoiler, and this is we mentioned, Rachel McAdams earlier. That was pretty public. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, we thought for a while that she would be pay, playing Clea, which is the Doctor Strange's love interest uh, and a character that's been a part of that mythos for a long time. Um, but the Night Nurse has shown up in Doctor Strange over time as well. Most recently in that Brian K. Vaughan series, the uh, Doctor Strange: The Oath, which I know I've talked about in the show before. It's a really great little four-issue miniseries that that kind of gives you everything you need to know about Doctor Strange. Very, very well done. Um, you could pick that up on Comixology. Uh, they, they've got it, and it's on sale often, actually. So if you if you know you don't want to shell out two bucks an ish, issue, wait for it to go on sale. Um, but I highly recommend it. Um, but Claire Temple, we've always considered the Night nurse in Daredevil. Uh, and Rosario Dawson is confirmed, and I think Marvel's confirmed she will be back for Jessica Jones. that's that's a given. Uh, but apparently, Stephen DeKnight has come out recently and uh, had this quote. He said the feature, so they're talking about uh, the Linda Carter, uh, funny enough, not not the not the actress, but the character's name of Linda Carter um was was the night nurse in the comics and she's actually there's been actually a couple night nurses but the most famous one is linda carter that's the one that showed up in doctor strange's uh doctor strange the oath uh recently um as well as um bendis's uh daredevil run but Denight, who is the showrunner for season one said uh quote the feature side had plans for her down the road so that was the only time we ran into a conflict so we just used another name uh, so, since that quote's been thrown out there, McAdams' role has been a little secretive uh, because she appeared that character. Although Cleo did appear in the oath as well, um, but since the night nurse appeared in in uh, Doctor Strange: The Oath, there's a lot of people thinking that maybe McAdams is going to play the the actual night nurse uh, in in the Dar- Doctor Strange movie. So, I I don't. Doctor Strange needs a nurse. yeah doesn't he like heal and and do things there was a really uh, with candles yeah yeah there was a really cool uh and the, the big point of dr strange the oath was he was injured like physically um and they were concerned for his health so they had to they took him somewhere so he could actually be physically healed um and he was like caught it's been a while since i read it but i think while he was physically harmed he was like caught in the In limbo or in the astral plane or whatever so it was kind of like this weird dual story of what was going on with him mystically as well as what was going on with him physically so i don't know i think that she's going to play clea i think that just makes best sense i mean if you you know if you're going to bring a love interest in that's the one you would bring in i just don't see them having two prominent nice uh prominent nurse characters in in two different properties but I, i could be totally wrong i usually am I, I tend
1: to agree with you on this one, and I'm not familiar with Doctor Strange at all. I don't, I don't know what kind of part Clea plays, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't think there'd be two nurses. That would be confusing and and uh, just odd, especially since it sounds like uh, Rosario Dawson and Claire Temple are going to be around a lot more.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was a one off, that'd be different, but since she's going to be prominent, I think she's going to be again. Talking about what we've talked about before, but you know, we we thought Ben Urich was going to be the glue that would kind of you know flow through the the Netflix series. It turns out it's probably going to be Claire Temple that's going to be that glue that flows through. Which is, you know, again, I, I we'll, we'll talk about Ben Uric in a future Daredevil show, but um, you know, if we can't have Ben Uric, then I'm fine with Rosario Dawson. Absolutely.
1: One thing I wanted to mention before we uh, sort of wrap things up. One idea that we sort of came up with out of the blue is that uh, all of our Marvel movies all the Marvel movies that we love have after credit scenes. So I think from now on we are gonna add a little something extra after the credits of our show and it might be something a fan sent in. it might we might have a contributor from another one of our podcasting friends leave a little something at the end it may be um, a chance at a prize or a contest it might be some sort of cryptic message we're going to just have a little fun with it we're going to open it up you know if there's listeners that want to send us some audio or review of something you've watched recently or a funny marvel story or um, something like that you want to send it in on you know facebook or the email or you know twitter or whatever um we'll take a listen maybe it'll show up on the after credits but it's something that uh everybody should just keep an eye out for from now on
0: maybe it'll be like cannibal run style where all the cool bloopers will end up at yes the end.
1: bloopers is another idea yes that i should have mentioned uh when we did walking dead tv together uh we i don't know does Walking dead tv still have yeah, jordan, bloopers at the
0: end of the yeah, show yeah jordan jordan will still do that yeah
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah, bloopers are fun. So sometimes we screw up or my dog barks or uh, Russell used to have to put out fires. Yeah, yeah. um, But he doesn't anymore. He just lets the place burn (laughs) to finish the podcast. But, uh, yeah, so that should be fun. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And, hey, thanks for listening to Episode 70 of It's All Connected. Please visit MCUExchange.com for more awesome MCU news and commentary. You can find all the articles for our episodes there, along with our Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, iTunes page. Uh, Please check out all our other non-MCU-related shows at hhwlod.com. And remember to hang around for the credits. Good night. Night. I'm not sure if I remember your name.
0: I'm really Um, bad with names, you know. You don't remember me? We met several
1: times. Uh, It's Ant-Man. A-N-T-M-A-N. Oh, right, right. Uh, Ant-Man. What are are your superpowers again? You, you, You talk to the ants, is that it? Well, partly, but mainly I shrink myself down to the size of an ant while retaining my full human strength. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's really impressive. The size of an ant with human strength. You must be able to clean house on those other ants. <laughs> hey, hey, Hulk, hey, ch- ch- check this guy out. Ooh. He's got the strength of a human. Ant man, huh? Where are your ants? I <laughs> guess. <laughs> they're, they're at home uh, in the ant farm. <laughs> Oh, best day out of this guy's way. Oh, every molecule's quivering now. Oh. I, I don't see what's so funny. Is there something wrong with being Ant Man? I mean, what's the joke? Uh, I don't yeah. see what's so funny. Oh, great, great Ant Man. Oh, excuse me. do worry about it. Oh. We're just ribbing you. Hey, Lois, uh, where's the cans? Around here? Over there, huh? Over there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um right! right. Sorry! I'm sorry! Sorry I didn't see you sitting there on the pot
0: there. Hey. If the invisible girl is gonna go to the bathroom, she should lock the (laughs) door.